Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'm sad, too. All right, let's get started. Let's just get going. I plan on going however long you guys want to tonight because you deserve it. Uh, you deserve it more than the team does, tell you that. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Twitch Live postgame. My name is Bill Matz, and I'm seriously just dejected. Uh, I, I said, you know, last postgame, and I've said it really watching this whole series, I think we need to come to grips with the fact that the Islanders are better than the Flyers. Uh, they are. But, man, on a night like tonight where the Flyers play, maybe their, their best game of the series, they get, I think it was, what, 38 shots on goal? Uh, where were we at here? I just had the number. Yeah, Grice had uh, Grice faced thirty-eight shots. Y- you gotta, you gotta score. This team just cannot score. Uh, they get that second goal tonight, and that's awesome because it actually puts them over their average for the first two rounds of the playoffs. This is now game ten of these playoffs, the actual you know series play against Montreal and the Islanders. This is game ten. They're averaging 1.8 goals a game, and that's with two tonight. I They just cannot score. I don't know if they're snake-bitten. I don't know if they, they're just all in a slump at the same... I'm, I'm baffled. I'm baffled by what I'm seeing. I knew the Islanders were a bad matchup, uh, and this was going to be a tough series to win. I didn't come into this thinking, you know, Flyers are going to walk away with it. I picked the Flyers in seven, and that's like... Hey, both teams are going to win three, and then we'll see in game seven. You know, that means they had to win a. F- it's a toss-up when you pick a series to go seven. I didn't think it was uh, it was going to be easy by any means, but shit, they just can't get anything. And tonight, when they do actually structurally play pretty well, uh, for the most part, they they didn't play bad tonight. That's the thing. This wasn't a bad game for the Flyers, and they just could not put the puck in the net. I know Grice is a is a very good backup. He's been an excellent tandem goalie for a couple years now, especially with Trotz behind the bench uh, for the Isles. He's been very good with Laner and now Varlamov. But uh, you got to score. I, I, I don't know. Man, there was a power play. I think the Isles had nine shots on a, one of their power. Like, I'm just fucking I don't even know what what do we say about this now can they come back that means winning three in a row this is the first time they've lost two in a row in in months uh but you know they earned the one last night I I got nothing for this one guys I don't I don't know what to say the flyer season is just about over that's that's all we know about this thing now um they're down 3-1 to a team they can't score on, and that's bad. I don't know how you win a game without being able to score. Claude Giroux still doesn't have a goal. Travis Konechny still doesn't have a goal. You know, 
The best players aren't coming through. That's I know the Isles are a good team. I did not know they were wiped the floor with us good, uh, but I just can't believe the Flyers' best players are going down with with such a whimper. It's it's depressing to watch. This group of guys that we came to know and love, uh, whether it be over these last eight years or, you know, just this season, like, Justin Braun was one of the best offensive players tonight. He had that great uh, pass, shot pass off the backboards to Farabee that Farabee absolutely should have uh, should have put in the back of the net, and Grice made a nice save on it, but, like, come on, you got to net that. And he had the uh, the shot that led to the... Uh, to the first goal. So Justin Braun, like when he's creating offense for you at a rate that's at least memorable compared to some of your best players, uh, you're not going to win. I I said all along, if Carter Hart is the team's best player this series, they're not going to win it. You know, Elliott comes in tonight, he's pretty good. Uh, The one was kind of soft, but... What are you going to do? You expect your team to be able to pick you up a little bit, especially with the backup in there, second end to -to back-to-backs. You really want to make up for your effort last night. I just didn't see it. Again, I don't think they played poorly, but by no means did they come out and, like, we're going to win this fucking game. Like, I thought Oscar Lindblom being in warm-ups was going to motivate them. And again, they probably played their best game of the series. I know they won game two, but... They were pretty bad for most of that game. Uh, just, I'm dejected. I'm dejected, guys. I'm mad at everybody. I'm more just, like, hurt. Like, they sucked me in so hard. I've been doing so many, like, radio hits and different. I've been on uh, Fox. I've been on uh, PHL 17. I've been just trying to tell people, like, get on this bandwagon. It's going to be a fun ride. And they just haven't given it to us. They have not delivered. This is a, The Flyers teams of years past were not good enough, and that's just the way it was. This team has the ability, and there's just something else missing, whether it's just not their year, whether certain elements of this team are too young, we're just getting unlucky with the time that some of our veterans are slumping. I don't know, but that's it. I'm going to turn it over to you. But first, I'm going to tell you about my friends at the Crest Tavern. That's right. Timmy Fitzpatrick's Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It's my favorite bar at the entire Jersey Shore. One of the best bars in the whole world, and it comes down to the owner. Uh, I've been in the restaurant business long enough to tell you that uh, if the owner ain't there making sure things are right, then the place isn't going to be right. And Timmy Fitz is always at the Crest Tavern making sure that beer is cold and that food is hot. And he's a big hockey fan, so you know that the Flyers are going to be on. This might be your last chance. Uh, you know, Game 5 of the series could be the last game. For night starts during these playoffs, The fly- Timmy Fitz is going to have a 20-foot television outside uh, for, for games, for the outdoor dining. So go check out games at the Crest Tavern, or just use them for takeout or package goods. They have a nice liquor store in there as well. Check them out for whatever. The Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. What can I say? I love the place. I think you will, too. Check out the Crest Tavern. And since we're all kind of toasting this season, like, eh, all right. See you next year, I suppose. They still have to lose another one, but why would I think that's not going to be on Tuesday? Well, if you're going to toast the Flyers, 
Toast them with some Labatt Blue Light. That's right, Labatt Blue Light, and really any Labatt beer. Labatt Blue, Labatt Blue Light, and Labatt Blue Light seltzers, they're all excellent. You know how hard it is to say Labatt? I wouldn't have taken this if I didn't think Labatt was an excellent beer. And uh, if you've been listening to these post games, I've been having a good buzz going for them. So drink Labatt beer and get buzzed with me, and let's toast the Flyers, uh, the Flyers season together. Here, cheers. Let's get to your comments. Why does this series have so few power plays both directions? It's just weird. This was a weird place to start, but it was the first comment I saw. Uh, I just kind of think that's, to me, that's playoff hockey. I know we're watching a lot of the playoffs, but really it's just, it's so, I don't want to call it low event because things are, I don't know, it's just not a, uh, like, it's not a everybody slashing everybody kind of series. It's just Flyers trying to get something going. The Islanders possessing the puck, and that's kind of it. Uh, tonight we saw a little bit in the beginning, but still, and I think that I think that's part of the problem for the Flyers is they have to get the Islanders out of their structure, and to do that, you have to get a little chippy. You have to start battling even when there aren't battles. You have to make them play after the whistle. Make them do dumb shit. Maybe you can get them off their game in some way, even if you have to take a couple of penalties. Um... I, I just really hasn't been that kind of series, and I think it's because the Isles have dictated the pace for most of it. All right, we're not talking about moves to be made in the offseason yet. We're not doing that. There's going to be plenty of time. Listen, I, if there's one thing I learned from this pause, and I, I knew this before, you know, the uh, before this COVID break that the NHL and all sports took, the offseason is long. We're not going to talk about moves and shit for the offseason until we get to the offseason. But trust me, I very much am... I, the wheels are turning. That's what I'll say. So glad we get highlight packages of our captain hustling. Uh, Giroux is that guy now. Strip the C from him. I'm not going to say strip the C, uh, mostly because I think that's pointless. Why? I, I think you take a C off a guy if you're going to move him, and I think Giroux should be a flyer for life. But, man, if I, if I were to tell you I wasn't disappointed in the captain in these playoffs, in this series especially, I'd be lying to you. I'm disappointed. Um... I, I was able to chalk up, I said this to somebody earlier, might have been on one of these post games, might have been on some, I don't know. But, like, 2014, 2016, 2018, the Flyers were not the favorites. The Flyers weren't going to win those series. And when you have generational talents like Lundqvist and Nett, uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, you understand them being able to take away your top players maybe or at least cancel your top players out. But that's not what's going on in these playoffs. I know Giroux isn't prime Giroux anymore. He just isn't. But shit, man, he's hurting you. No matter how many little th- and I've been able to chalk a lot of it up. Excuse me. A couple too many Labats. I've been able to chalk up so much in, in individual games and in individual instances, periods, whatever, that Giroux does a ton uh, that isn't produce points. Now, he gets paid to produce points. That's what you get paid to do in the NHL. Um, but he does so many other things that you can just go sometimes, like like TK or JVR are guys who have to score, you know, because that's what they're primarily there to do, and they don't do a ton of other shit, too. It's not like they're penalty killers winning faceoffs, quarterbacking, power play, whatever. Um, but at a certain point... You know, the captain has to has to take a hold of things. When things are going poorly, it has to be him driving the bus. Now, I think at this point, 
you know, he's not – clearly he's not our best player anymore. But, man, he's having a disappointing go at this thing. That's – I don't know. It's disappointing. We're going we're gonna to record a BSH tomorrow with the full crew – uh, as close to the full crew as we can get. I don't know what everyone's schedule is, but there will be like a bonus show or whatever tomorrow, so check that out. Uh, congratulations, you're hearing about it now. We're not going to announce it or anything. Uh, but I'm, I, I really want to get everyone's, uh, everyone's opinion on G because it can't be positive. You can't come away th- from these playoffs, whether the series ends on Tuesday or this thing goes six or whatever. The first ten games of these playoffs, and really thirteen games with the uh, with the round robin, you you can't be happy about the way the captain played. And now Siri's trying to talk to me again, and I have no idea where my phone is. Hold on one sec. Oh Christ, I messed up the camera. Leave me alone, Siri. Go away. I'm sorry, everybody. I'll fix that. I'm back, and I'm back. Okay. Uh. Toasting to the end of Nate Thompson and Grant Flyers' careers on Tuesday. Listen, I wish... Oh, that's better. There's the camera angle I wanted. It's a little crooked, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Listen, I wish I could blame Nate. If Nate Thompson and Derek Grant were the reason that this series was going the way it was and these playoffs have gone the way they've gone, I would love to be able to blame them. But fuck, man. Like, when your best players don't play anything close to their ability, it doesn't matter who your depth is. I will say, and I said I don't want to look forward to next year, but I will say at least one of Patrick or Frost have to be, have to be, uh, like the 3C next year. Have to be. That's what I'll say about next season. Think Ghost comes back? Uh, Who do you take? Sure, why the fuck not? Honestly, dress seven defensemen. Who cares? I... Uh, next year, yeah, I think Ghost is here next year. They're losing Braun. Um, very little cap space, I- unless there's some sort of trade situation that you can never guess. Uh, maybe he has some value. I can't imagine what it would be. Uh, if you could get a three, if you're not confident in Frost or Patrick, like I just said, I guess you can uh, move move Ghost for for a third line center, maybe. Um, but uh, fuck, there's plenty of time to talk about that stuff for the game on Tuesday. I don't care. I don't care if it's Ghost, if it's Haig, if it's Braun. It doesn't matter. What matters is the top six forwards aren't playing anything close to being top six forwards. You know? That's it. That's that's the series. I love TK, but he has been absolutely brutal this series. He was the worst player on the ice tonight and just looked lost all game. How many times have you noticed TK? He's, he's had chances here and there. Uh, but, man, for a guy who's like whole thing is being a noticeable player. Like, he helps you, he helps drag a team. Like, they were talking about the Islanders tonight with Anders Lee. Like, TK's one of those guys who brings his teammates into the fight. Um, Not even close to that tonight at all, you know? From Reddit, Claude Giroux scored more goals in the 2012 series versus the Penguins than he has in the 36 playoff games he's played since then. Six goals, 14 points in six games against the Pens in 2012. Five goals, 18 points in 36 games since that series. Uh, Yeah, just one goal, nine points in his last 26 games, dating back to round one, game seven in 2014. 
zero goals these 2020 playoffs. Yeah, we all know the numbers. I I had to read it just to get the full effect here, but yeah. And like I said, I was able to chalk up, okay, Drew just doesn't have any help. Like, this team was supposed to be deep, and I realized with some injuries and some different circumstances, this Flyers team isn't as deep as we thought they were, even maybe at the beginning of the round robin. But they have more depth than those 20, you know, 16, 2018 teams, whatever. I really thought Giroux was going to get back to being a guy who comes through, uh, and he just, he has not. You know, maybe they turn this series around and things are great, but I'm not counting on that happening. Toast to the end of Justin Braun, too. Justin Braun played, uh, you know, he played hockey tonight. I think Justin Braun helped Robert Haig tremendously. Maybe this was just part of Haig's uh, trajectory, but, you know, development trajectory. But I thought Robert Haig, after being actively bad last season, um, learned a lot more about how to play in his role, you know, as a bottom pair, shut down physical presence sort of defenseman and was better because of it, whether that's Justin Braun's tutelage or just him getting better because that's what happens as you get older. Uh, Maybe, but I I thought at least Braun was a leader this year. Lawton has been worthless this series too. Uh, You know, last night he has the good game with JVR and Pitlick. They were the the only line that showed up. Um, But yeah, Lawton, Lawton had... I'm trying to... He had... I think three goals and five points in the uh, in the round robin, the three games of the round robin. Lawton had three goals, five points. Hasn't done shit since. This has been an infuriating run so far. Best-looking team in a long time by far, and they still haven't been able to perform anywhere close to their regular season level. Fucking tease. Yeah, and that's the, like, I want to... There's going to be time to look back on this analytically and say, you know, this team lost Oscar Lindblom, who was playing on the top line when they lost him. This team never had Nolan Patrick. Morgan Frost was never really a factor. Uh, Farabee is a rookie. Carter Hart, first season as a starter, first playoffs. Uh, Provorov, he's he's a number one, and we're finally really seeing him scratch the surface. Sanheim and Myers, this was excellent experience for all these guys. There's a lot to like about the future of this team, and in this offseason, I'm sure we will pivot to talking about how much there is to like and how good of a learning experience this was getting into the second round, playing these meaningful games for all these guys. But fuck that right now. I'm just I'm just bummed. I'm just bummed about how how high we were coming into this thing and how it's gone, you know, how it's how it's gone since. Pick up the weights in the offseason. Moved off the puck too often. Yeah, that's... uh, We always talk about physicality, and I think sometimes people talk about physicality like, oh, it's just hits, hits, hits. You know, you got to get more physical. Go get Luke Shen. He'll lead the league in hits. Well, yeah, he'll also lead the league in own goals. But But physicality is so much more than that. It's winning battles. It's fighting through traffic. It's one-on-one play, using your body uh, to shield the puck and to box somebody out. And I- I'm seeing I'm seeing fourth liners on, uh, like I'm seeing Sezikis and Matt Martin handle the puck, Clutterbuck handle the puck with more strength than Travis Konechny. I know Travis Konechny's not the biggest guy in the world, but like, 
dog, you got to fight through traffic sometime. Goals aren't just going to come to you. This isn't the all-star game. You can't be a perimeter player, and he, he hasn't been. He's got the speed, and he's not the biggest, but he, in his career, it's not like TK's a perimeter guy, and he's been he's become that. Every single poke check. If, if you poke check TK, it knocks the puck off his stick. I'm just, uh, man, disappointed. This may be the last straw for G. Team needs a facelift, and he can't be the guy. I fought this narrative for a while now. Now, I've been a G defender, but there's no def- there's no defending these playoffs. What I'll say is, like, what do you mean last straw? Like, what, are they going to move him? That ain't happening. Giroux should be, Giroux is going to be and should be a flyer for life. Uh, he's got two more years left on his deal. Luckily, that's the same amount of time Couturier has, and in my mind, they kind of just swap cap hits, and things are cool. G probably gets like, or TK, or Jesus, Couturier probably gets like nine, and you hopefully can get Giroux for five or under, but I don't think, like, how do you move Claude Giroux? I just don't see, we can't just overreact. I I, I want to. I want to criticize the shit out of him and say he has to be better, and he's part of the reason they're down 3-1. All of these things are true. It's just, I don't see how you improve the team by moving Claude Giroux. I don't see a path to getting better. I, there isn't really one. How was that dotted icing at the end? They literally waved it off as soon as as soon as Provy got to the puck, like it was dumped from their own zone. I, I looked like Provy was coasting a little, and that's not um that's not like a uh, an indictment of Provorov. Like he played how many minutes tonight? You know uh, where the hell are we? Let's get up to the uh, Flyers box score. Where you at, Provorov? Provorov played. 23.55 tonight, like, it's not an indictment of him, it's what you should do, you should take a circuitous route, you should try to stop your feet a little if you think you can get it to an icing standpoint, but the ref saw him not moving his feet, so I didn't have a problem with that no icing call, and honestly, that's not why they lost, you know? Alright, it should have been icing, they would have lost that fucking face off, and they would have cleared it, and that would have been that anyway, so, I just, I don't have time for that sort of thing. And I've got this, I'm not, like, criticizing your comment either. Um, I got I got that question on Twitter. Uh, I, I thought it myself in, in real time. Like, yo, that's icing. Uh, but, you know, Provy stopped moving his feet. Ref saw it. Niskanen on the power play is like some mouse on some pizzas. Uh, Oscars Bartulis pretty much summed things up, right? I don't. I don't know what that means. Uh, Niskanen on the power play was pretty good for a lot of the year. Uh, I think Travis Sanheim has been just as big of a disappointment on the power play for a guy who we all think his his ceiling with with Sanheim is he's he replaces Provorov on power play one right like we all kind of see that as, as as how you get the most out of Travis Sanheim uh, but like has he been dynamic on power plays either like yeah Niskanen hasn't been great he's a veteran they want to have two defensemen on that. Uh, on that second unit, especially since there aren't enough skilled forwards to go around. Um, I, I thought he was pretty good in the regular season. Uh, has he been good in the playoffs? No. But if we're going to start a list of guys who've been bad in the playoffs, yeah, Niskanen's on it, but fuck. So it's pretty much everyone on the team. Why is Niskanen glued to power play two? Him and Provy have not been good. I mean, the whole power plays, everyone on the power play hasn't been good, you know? They had a couple of games against Montreal. That was it. They actually, I thought the first unit didn't look terrible tonight. They had some chances. I didn't look terrible is like what we're grading off of now. <sighs> 
now we know why Washington traded Niskanen, LOL. No, this is more this is more than Niskanen um, people thought we were getting when everyone, a lot of people believe this maybe to be a bad trade. But at the end of the day, you needed someone who could play in the top four. That isn't Radko Gudis. Niskanen did a good job of it. He's ushered, he's helped usher Provorov along. Provorov had a great bounce back year. Um, I'm not going to knock the Niskanen trade because I understand like what it was for. And I think it accomplished, it accomplished its main purpose. And that was to give them a right-handed defenseman who can play, you know, potentially first pair of minutes, which he did, um, and do it pretty effectively. Now, has he been good in the playoffs? No. But again, if we're going to make a list of guys who've been bad in the playoffs, sure, Niskanen's on it, but he ain't at the top. Charlie suckered me in with his nonsense analytics. Fuck Charlie. All right, we won't have Charlie slander here. Charlie is just kind of a... Uh, and listen, he knows he knows a lot about the game from beyond an analytics standpoint. That's It's it's how he writes and it's how he looks at things primarily, but he can look at things from, from different perspectives. But he is kind of an Islanders hater, and his analytics bias leads him to believe that these Islanders aren't that good when in fact, listen, is it the kind of game plan I'd suggest for a lot of teams? No. Uh, but given what they have, it sure as shit works for them, and we saw that in the regular season. We've been seeing it you know, since last year with these Islanders. Uh, they've had a lot more ups than downs. They've had, especially like this uh, leading up to the pause, the Islanders were really starting to fall off. But for the most part, they've been pretty damn good under trots. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Gonna watch two Face the Music movies within days of each other. Bill and Ted was Saturday night. Tuesday night will be the flyer. Shit, all right, I have not seen Bill and Ted face the music yet, so this is, like, super serious. Don't talk to me about it. Waiting for my one buddy who we've been Bill and Ted fans, like, for our whole lives to have a free day, and then we're going to watch it, but we haven't yet. Anytime, anywhere, except the playoffs. Yeah, it's, I mean, man, this is disappointing. I'll take all the sarcasm and all the, I'm not knocking anybody for their negativity tonight. I'm not. You you deserve it. 
you do. We'll see how much they really want it next game, but I'm pretty much over it now. Too sloppy, too many turnovers, meh hockey. Yeah, that's the thing is they didn't, like tonight, I thought might have been their best 60 minutes of the series, you know, beginning to end, but it still wasn't close to enough, you know? Ugh. And yeah, we will see how much they want it on Tuesday. We'll see if they're just ready to go see their families or if they're trying to extend this thing. Even if it's just one game and it'll be a moral victory and fuck moral victories and all that. But at least on Tuesday night, show me I wasn't crazy for believing in this team. Um, a lot, of, A lot of things that happened in this season were like validation for all of us who've been through these 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 last eight years. Uh, like, showing us, and, like, it started really with the Chuck Chuck Fletcher, like, coming in and doing what he did and, and making the moves he made. We're like, okay, I see it too. It's not just you. Right, thank you, Chuck. Thank you for that. Uh, but if they can at least show the fight they need to show on Tuesday, and, again, fuck moral victories, but just for that game, I will feel good that I wasn't crazy believing in this team. Bring Ghost back in for Game 5? Sure, why not? Play him on the first line left wing. Fuck it. I don't care. We need a star that can create his own chances and goals. Now, that's something I've been thinking about. Uh, Like, we have guys... That's supposed to be... Like, TK's the closest thing to that, I would say, in this lineup. A guy who both creates and scores. Um, And and Hayes, to some extent, as well. It's different, but Hayes, too. Uh, But... Like, Drew, Voracek, these are guys who are primarily distributors. Uh, Couturier, you know, creates from his play defensively and then gets in the right place for, you know, a Drew or a distributor like that to set him up in the offensive zone. But, yeah, JVR is a quote-unquote goal scorer, but without someone setting setting him up, he's not scoring many goals, you know? And they do... Just need maybe that can be a Morgan Frost, maybe that's a Joel Farabee as he uh, as he progresses. But they need they need someone who comes in on a two on one, cuts and shoots and scores, uh, like a guy who takes a puck out of the corner on offense and has his and is looking at the net the whole way, isn't looking across the ice, isn't looking up to the point, is primarily going. I'm taking this thing to the fucking net. Uh, they need more of that. I'm not going to go the, oh, they need a sniper. Like, yeah, every team needs a sniper. But unless you're talking about Alex Ovechkin, we're going to have the same hot and cold issues because goal scorers are hot and cold. Yeah, if you can go get Nathan McKinnon, go get him, but he ain't available, you know? Um, But they just do need guys who can make and finish their own chances more. G doesn't have the same, G doesn't seem to have that fire. Does the lack of crowd do that? I think it could be the crowd. I think that is affecting a lot of guys in these playoffs. I think it's affecting... I mean, watch the games. When they get down into the into the dramatic points, sure, they feel big, but since the initial, oh my God, hockey is back, sort of, uh, sort of shine has worn off this thing, it doesn't feel like... And we all criticized Tuka Rask for this, but he was at least a little right in saying like, it doesn't feel the same as typical playoff hockey, and I think that is affecting guys in some way, whether that's what Giroux's problem is, whether he's battling some sort of injury, whether he really misses his wife and kid, 
whatever the situation is, he just needs to be better. I love Claude Giroux so much. <laughs> I really do. I wish I wasn't I wish I was criticizing literally anybody but him. I wish Jake was sucking. I wish you know, I, I wish Provorov was sucking. But uh, maybe not that, because they they need Provorov for like the next ten years to be their number one D man. But you know what I mean. Like I, I'd rather criticize anybody but Claude Giroux. Is Drew's legacy damaged? Well, I, you know, a legacy isn't a legacy until it's over. Um, but these playoffs for a guy who is going to finish like first or second in almost every statistical category for the franchise. For a guy who has a statistical argument to go to the Hall of Fame uh, when everything's said and done and considering, like, assuming he keeps up a certain level of play through, you know, maybe his next contract, like, he has a statistical argument as one of the best players of his generation to go to the Hall of Fame. Man, everyone else in that argument has playoff success and shit. I was looking at it tonight. I forgot what year like everything happened, and it was eleven twelve was the first year without, um, yeah, eleven twelve was the first year without a uh, Jesus Christ Carter and Richards. That's what I'm getting at. That's the first like Drew's the guy season, uh, but he's not the captain yet. Pronger and like you know Pronger gets hurt eleven or thirteen games or whatever it is in, and Drew has the you know he should have been in the MVP that year as far as I'm concerned. He has the huge first round against the Pens, uh, you know, and then the wheels fall off against the Devils. He gets suspended for that last game. From there, he becomes the captain before the lockout season of uh, of twelve thirteen, and that's when things go downhill. And again, I don't blame it on him. Like that's his prime, and he did everything he could, and those teams were not good enough. But now, it's unfair to him. His career arc is unfair. Uh, just in terms of the way the team went and when his prime was, but world ain't fair. Sports ain't fair. Yeah. I'm not ready to have the Giroux legacy conversation, even though I'm having it with myself in front of all you right now. Can we go back in time and stop Lavi from saying G is the best player in the world? He's been trash playoff player since... Fuck, yeah. I mean, that's basically what I just said, even though, yeah, that... Yeah. It was fun when he said it, though, wasn't it? Moments are so hard in the playoffs, man. Just having those moments. That's what I'm remembering. Um, It's been so long because they've been one and done. You know, 2013, they missed the playoffs. 2014, they're done in seven, but they were never beating that Rangers team. 2016, 2018, those series went the way they were supposed to go. Uh, You forget that those moments, not even runs, just those things you remember forever, are uh, are so tough to come by that, no, I wouldn't trade Lavi saying that for anything because fuck if I didn't believe it when he said it. He was the best player in the world that series. You know, Maybe it was just that one series he was the best player in the world, but it was true when he said it, you know? It just wasn't, like, true in the grand scheme of things. Are we going to blow up the lines and the power play this next game because this was unwatchable. This is the first game I've turned off in a bit. I just don't know, like, what line combination is going to get these... And the coach is going to do... Excuse me. The coach is going to do what coaches do. The only things they can control are who starts in net, you know, timeouts, and the line combination. So the coach is going to do what coaches do and try to put his stamp on this thing. But what combinations are going to get this thing going? Like, none of these guys are playing well enough. 
You know, I, I don't care what the combos are. It, it doesn't matter if these guys just don't play better. That's, that's it. One thing I've noticed is that TK isn't talking his opponents, uh, talking to his opponents to to make hits like he does. Isn't isn't taking his opportunity. Oh, I misread that entirely. Okay, let's start over. One thing I've noticed is that TK isn't taking his opportunities to make hits like he does when he is on top of his game, knowing how good he can uh, be. It is so frustrating to watch him play. No, man, and I thought playoff hockey was really going to suit TK. I thought this opportunity as the guy who led the team in goals, led the team in points, and it's just that spark. I thought these playoffs were going to be TK's real true coming out party where it's like, oh, yeah, he's not just a nice player on a pretty good team. He's a driving force on a Stanley Cup contender, and fuck if it hasn't gone the exact opposite of that. Hey, I still don't know where to hear the Let's Fucking Go intro. How do I hear that? Uh, I've attached it on some shows, but honestly, since I put it together, um, it's it's been uh, it's been kind of disappointing here and there. I think my my post game after Game Six against Montreal, I put it at the beginning and end. So just search Broad Street Hockey wherever you find podcasts, and it's the Game Six uh, post game against Montreal. I think I had it on the beginning and end of that one. I've put it here and there on some games, but it just hasn't seemed appropriate. Do you think this team gets torn apart only keeping the young guys like Provy and Carter? No, no, I don't. I, one, I just don't think that's the way to go. These are a disappointing playoff, but uh, I, I just don't see the benefit. I, I the All the young guys who can have a chance have the chance. You know, It's not like anyone's being held down. Like Morgan Frost isn't... Like, it's not like he's being held out of the lineup because someone's blocking him. It's because he's not ready yet. Uh, when spots become available, I, I, no, I just don't see. Like, Braun, I, I doubt, will be back because he's he becomes a free agent. Uh, but other than that, I, I, really don't see, I really don't see who you lose here and get better. This team has a certain trajectory. As long as... Certain players reach their potential, and other veterans don't fall off completely. And like Couturier has an extended prime longer than you know maybe just next year. Um, I I can't see the benefit of of tearing this team up when this is the first time they've been good in so long. Like their window is just now open. This is the first time they've had an opened window. The team has not been good enough by design. Uh, Hextall, like, he wasn't forthcoming enough, but Hextall basically had his own little process, um, and that, like, it, it was just whatever G and Jake do, and maybe Simmons, like, that's gonna be how this season goes, I'm not really trying that hard to make this thing a contender, because I'm building something, uh, now is the first time their window has been open since the Hextall era, so... I, I just don't see the benefit of tearing it down when you need to add. Like, that's, they need to add to this thing, and they need maybe to add more than we thought or just need guys to take bigger steps faster than we thought. But, I, 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 no, I don't think it gets torn up. We're not inside the locker room in the bubble, but it seems like they're not having fun anymore. That's on the captain. I mean, losing ain't fun. That's the, the these games haven't been fun to play. They've been in battles and they've lost several of them. Um, I they'll have fun when they start scoring. 
That's It's like chicken and the egg. Well, I can tell you right now, you score, and scoring makes it fun. That's part of what I thought someone was trying to say with that TK comment I just totally misread. Like, TK just hasn't been engaged, and I feel like it's so hard to talk shit when you have zero goals through the playoffs. Uh, like, if he can just get that one, but also I think he needs to get himself more engaged by getting in there physically. He tried to throw a hit, one hit tonight, and got blown up. Uh, but I just... If you're not able to do what you want to do skill-wise, do what you do grit-wise and let the skill shit happen. And when that starts to happen, you'll have fun. This team won't have fun till they blow a game open, and they haven't been able to do that. It's the top two lines that are to blame. Oh, 100%. Yeah, without a, without a doubt. Yeah, I, it's, I'm not... I have zero blame on any of the depth players if the, if the top guys aren't the top guys, you know? Throw Frost in next game maybe would bring a spra- spark... I, yeah, why not? Sure. I I don't see it helping, but whatever. Eh. It's not going to make Couturier any better. It's not going to make Drew any better. It's not going to make TK any better. Like, it just has to be those guys. Like, Kevin Hayes, he had a goal and an assist in Game 6 against Montreal. He had the two goals against, uh, he had the two goals in, uh, what was it, Game 2, or in the first period, um... Yeah, I, I just got off track here. Two goals in the first period in Game 2 uh, against the Isles. You know, okay, two two-point two games, and he's got two points in ten games since. Uh, like, otherwise, not just since, like, otherwise, in the playoffs, he's been almost completely held off the, uh, almost completely held off the scoreboard. I think he has two assists in the other eight games of these playoffs. Like, eh. I blame three guys, and they're on the top line. Yeah, that was, uh, Jake had, Jake, I believe, had seven points in six games against Montreal, and now Jake has zero points in four games. You know, it's, it's all of them. Yeah, it's, it's not even, like, I blame those three, and I blame everyone who's been here or is a vet, or, like, all all the foundational pieces. I blame every foundational piece. Frost and Patrick both have to be regulars next season. I'm hoping one is just good enough to take 3C and make it something, you know? Uh, if, if both are effective, awesome. Awesome. Uh, but we'll see. I hope JVR enjoys Seattle. Well, we got to get through another year first. Can we all just agree to a drinking game for Tuesday? Go out with a bang. Yeah, here's the drinking game. Go out and get yourself some Labatt's. And get hammered. Drink every time you want to. And you're going to want to. That's my drinking game for Tuesday. I'll always love G. I won't pr- personally criticize him, but I can't defend him anymore. This playoff point drought has been too long. Just disappointed more than anything. Yeah, as somebody, like... And it validates... It it incorrectly validates who like the people who criticized him before. You know, like, that that hurts me even more. That I appear, even though I wasn't wrong at the time, I appear wrong because the problem persisted even though it's a different, ah. It's very frustrating and angering on many levels. Is this a coaching problem or a player problem for this playoff performance? Player, I mean, what's the coach supposed to do if the team can't score? He can't make them score. He can't force them to score. They won the first series, I thought, a lot based on the coaching, uh, the way they neutralized Montreal's speed and defended them, 
Uh, I, I thought the coach did a tremendous job, especially reacting to Montreal after game two. Um, I, Trotz, I think, is the one, like, maybe the one coaching matchup that's uh, that's not an advantage for the Flyers with Lane Vigneault. If you want to say that, okay, but I still don't think that's a, a, a knock on AV. The players just haven't been good enough. The coach can't make them do shit, you know? The failed clears remind me of the hack era. Yeah, they're just... There's no such thing as a breakout. It's clears, and they're not getting that done. This was such a giant disappointment. A fucking expansion team is going to win their first cup before we win our third and forever. Yeah, I feel you. That's a bummer. Um, You know, there's a lot of problems in the world. I'm not worried about Vegas. Uh, you know, I'm rooting against them because they're new. I wanted them to win year one because I thought that was crazy, and now I'm just like, fuck them. Uh, but, like, Vegas wins, whoever, I don't care. Stars win. It's just, if, if, if it's not the Flyers, I'm, I'm disappointed. Like, I don't, you know, I picked the Avs, and I, I picked the Flyers-Avs final, and on BSH I said, Flyers are off the table. Who do you have winning the Cup? So I picked the Avs. Um, yeah, you know. It is just a shitty, shitty time. Coaching staff has neutered TK into a two-way forward, which is good, but he needs that fire to be better than good. I mean, they've turned. I mean, he had the best. He had a very good. Like the the coaching staff already also coached him to score twenty-four goals in sixty-eight or whatever games and lead the team in points. Like, I no, it's not the coaching staff's fault that TK isn't scoring. I don't want to toast, I want to break shit. This is a monster letdown. We're the fucking top seed. Yeah, it shows you that round robin was bullshit. Honestly, Boston and Tampa weren't trying, and Washington just ain't that good. Yeah, that's what the round robin shows me. At least the young kids got some playoff experience. Yeah, I mean, sure. Plenty of time to talk about that and how this is ultimately a good learning experience, but also, fuck! I really expected a lot more from this run. To be fair, our expectations before the year weren't a cup. It was the second half push. We moved the goal line. Yeah, but expectations change. Like, that's, you know, what I thought nine months ago about a lot of things. Not even, what are we, 11, 12, we're almost a year away from that now. What, 10, 11, whatever months ago, whatever I thought then doesn't matter now. I thought, it, like, look at the world. Look at the world we live in. Expectations from a year ago aren't what things are judged on expectations from what we've seen most recently are what you know what I saw from after the Disney on ice trip through the round robin is what my expectations were based on and this is still a major letdown sure there will be time for going okay you know it's we'll figure it out but right now it hurts when TK had a step on two defensemen and decided to pass instead of crash the net, I wanted to break my TV. Yeah, I think I can remember the play you were talking about. And, yeah, it's, I mean, every... What hasn't been frustrating about this thing? And it's TK's decision-making, all that. Uh, it's, he's... Uh, TK is my biggest disappointment in these playoffs. I'll say that. I, I'll, I'll criticize Giroux all day for what he's done in these playoffs but I really just thought this was going to be TK's real, like, breakout party, and no. Who would have thought after all our goaltending issues in the past that scoring would be what's killing us? Elliot gave them a chance, and they just fucked it. Yeah, I mean, goaltending, it hasn't been awesome all playoff, but it's been good enough in pretty much every game, 
And, like, last game, I think all three goals, like, the actual goals that went in on Hart weren't great. He could have stopped all three. But the opportunities were great opportunities, you know? And when you give those up, you can't help. There's, you're not helping your goaltender, and maybe he makes a stop, maybe he doesn't. You're leaving it to that. Um, but the goaltending has been good enough to give them a chance in this series, and they're not, they're not following through. Yeah, it is a little ironic. Niskanen looks gassed the whole series. I mean, he he looked bad against Montreal, uh, especially in the beginning of the series. Um, it, he's an older guy. Hopefully, this isn't what they get from him next year. That you know, that's hopefully he's still able to play in the top four next year. And if not, you know, he's he's on a one year deal. You know, so whatever. I'm not going to rake Giroux over the coals, but he's supposed to be the team's best player, and he hasn't been it. Doesn't help that everyone else in the top six has been ever underwhelming except for Voracek. And yeah, Voracek had his moments in Montreal, but it's not like he's uh it's not like he's stepping up here. And it's a what for you what like if we're gonna compare who did what in the playoffs, yes, Voracek more impressive than Giroux, but eh, you know, eh, whatever. That's not hard at this point. Um I, I I don't think he's he's not supposed to be the team's best player anymore. That was apparent when they moved Giroux to wing. Hackstall's last year, that was his last, right? I think that was Hacks. Yeah, Hacks last year when they said Giroux's a left winger now and Sean Couturier's our number one center. That was the true Claude Giroux is no longer our best player moment. He's still a very good player. He's still one of their better players. Uh, but, yeah, it's he's... He's not living up to expectations, whether you think he's a good top six forward or he should be the captain, highest paid player. Whatever your expectations are of Claude Giroux, he is not meeting them, you know? When the playoffs come around and the refs swallow the whistle, G and TK's games don't translate well. It looks like they avoid contact in the corners like it's the Rona. Uh, hard to argue. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to like. I'm not gonna go so far as to call them soft, but I will say there has been far too much perimeter play in this series. You're not going to score unless you get to the dirty areas. And again, like, tonight was, I thought, their best 60-minute effort of the round. But it's still too little, still not enough of that. Uh, they got to the net some, and it paid off. But, man, they're just not threatening enough. 38 shots tonight is a good number, but how many of them were good opportunities? A couple. And that's what happens when you only create so many opportunities. If Grice just makes a couple of nice saves, you get one or two in a game, and that's it. Grice had a ridiculous game tonight. He was seeing all the second chances. Certainly, Grice was uh, Grice was good tonight. But that's what happens, like when you don't give yourself any leeway for this sort of thing. A goalie steals a game, and he didn't steal the game tonight. But just, a goalie steals a game here, you you don't cash in on your opportunities there. All right, but it's been all playoff. They haven't scored enough. And Grice was very good tonight, and he made some game-changing saves, as Brian Boucher pointed out several times on the uh, on the broadcast. Won't take anything away from Thomas Grice. He's a very good tandem goalie who can win you a game on any given night. 
but uh, they're not doing. They haven't. They didn't do enough against Price to make his life uncomfortable. They didn't do enough against Varley to make his life uncomfortable, and they didn't do enough against Grice tonight. I'm debating wa- not watching Tuesday. It's fucking embarrassing. You'll watch. We always watch. That's what makes us us. It sucks, you know? The disappointment really, really hurts. But we're fans. It's what we do. We watch the games, and we come here, and as much as we complain for the last 54 minutes about, you know, how much we're upset, how disappointed we are, how personally offended we are, we fucking do it. Be sure to do it with Labatt on Tuesday. Get drunk with Labatt. It's worth it. Let's be real. Obviously, it sucks to lose when we probably do have a better team than the Isles on paper. Despite that, though, if anyone would have told me after the disaster that was last season that we would make it to the second round, I'd consider it a success. I think this is a building block type of year for this team. Provorov, Hart, TK, Patrick, Lindblom, Frost, Farabee, Sanheim, Myers are all under 24 years old. The future is bright. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of those guys have to take the step to replacing the guys who are clearly, like, it's nice that we think those are nice pieces, but somebody has to be the next Giroux, you know? Uh, There's plenty of potential there for it to be uh, a legit, you know, perennial all-star type player in that mix. Um, But someone does have to fill that role if this team is going to exceed the expectations. And like I said, yeah, my expectations coming into this year were compete for the division and win it, or my, like, what I needed from the Flyers this year was compete for the division and win a playoff round. If they had played an 82-game regular season, I believe they would have overtaken the Caps and won the division. They were, you know, a couple of points, you know, a couple of percentage points out of the thing uh, when the season ended. They beat up on the Caps a bunch this season. Okay, take that. They won a round. All right, cool. But expectations change. Again, like what I thought in September and October is not what I think now. It's not what I thought a month ago. Now that we suck again, can we put an asterisk on the 2020 Stanley Cup? Now, like an asterisk to me means something was done under different conditions. Like I say, like everyone is competing under the same conditions this year. Like, are we, do we put an asterisk on, on 95 or 2013? I don't. Those were lockout-shortened years. Like, yeah, I understand, even though it was dumb, I, I think all asterisks are dumb. Look at it, you know the difference, move on. If you understand history, you'll understand it if you don't. Like, no one's going to go, listen, 2020 was fucked up enough that we're all going to remember what it was. When we're telling our grandkids about what happened to the Philadelphia Flyers in history... Like, 2020, they will have learned in school about fucking 2020, all right? You know? Um, We'll all know. I don't think you have to denote it with some sort of asterisk. Like, the idea of Roger Maris getting an asterisk on his home run record because it was simply done in more games than were previously, you know, uh, than were previously scheduled uh, before that. Okay, that makes sense because it's a an historical record, but the Stanley Cup is awarded for the season. And this season everyone's competing under the same conditions. So I don't like I, I don't see I don't see a reason for an asterisk. Profi's play worries me, strange decisions with the puck, not able to stop a two on one, making it look like a two on oh, not a trade of a number one D man, gets goals here and there. 
is great, but a number one D-man needs to be able to clear the zone. And I think of uh, multiple turnovers that have led right to goals. I think you're being a little... Did he did Proverov play well tonight? I don't think so, overall. But I think you're letting the positives far outweigh the negatives with Proverov. He's the last guy I'm going to criticize. Um, he's got the makings of it. He's think of his age. It's a lot like looking at Carter Hart. Like guys ain't supposed to be what he is at this age. So like on a on a normal trajectory, he's well ahead of schedule. I, I think. Provorov's going to be fine. Turnovers happen. Look at who leads the league in turnovers. It's all the best players. You know why? Because they're the ones with the puck all the time. Like, just take a breath. Take a breath on Provorov. What happened to their D from the round-robin games to the playoff series? I mean, I thought the defense overall was great against Montreal. Um, They had some lapses. They absolutely had some lapses. Game two against Montreal. Uh, But I thought they were... Team defense was was pretty stellar uh, in that series, but not here, man. They're they're not breaking out as a team. Way too often, just miscommunications. Uh, one guy goes to cover for another. There's no help out front. Just running around like the hack era. That's what it looks like sometimes in the defensive zone. Just no no cohesion, no plan. Just go out there. It looks like men's league sometimes. Like, ah, just go out there and do shit because you're drinking beers on the bench and no one's actually talking about, like, what you're going to do in the game. So when the center's already below the goal line and one defenseman goes to help and the other defenseman, oh, let me go help. To, oh, no, well, it pucks out front with no one in front. Yeah, one on no goal. Like, that's what it looks like sometimes. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I, I blame the players, not the coach, because I know the coach ain't telling them to do that. He's not saying three guys below the goal line and nobody in front like that's not a thing so it's the players just fucking up we're coming back in this series everyone needs to shave and tie their left skate first i always did my left skate first but i'm left-handed i guess uh you know what mustache is gonna go yeah yeah i think uh i think it's time i think the mustache is gonna go before uh before the next game i think next next post game you'll see me clean shaven I don't drink, so I'm surviving all these games stone-cold sober. Pray for me, LOL. Um, oof. Cheers to that. If you could choose between TK and a Scarecrow on skates, who would you have in your top six? Ugh, Jesus. We do not have a better team than the Isles as of today. Isles uh, can put out four lines with effectiveness, and we can't. Maybe next year when you add Patrick Lindblom Frost, it's a different story. Yeah, um, we know the the depth of this team took a hit, but I thought that the difference between, like, we all know, oh, yeah, best fourth line in hockey and all that and trots behind the bench. I thought the firepower of the top six could even out the, uh, the Isles' depth and structure. That has not been the case a little bit. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Bill. It's very therapeutic for me. Uh, hope the same for you. Oh, this is... This is why I don't have to see a th- I mean, I probably still do, but for different reasons. Uh, I got a lot of shit to say, as you can tell. I need to do these games. What do you think? Just start all the kids. I mean, eh, just, the kids who deserve it are in there. You know? It's not the kid. It's... Eh, sure. 
I think TK and Hayes are both playing hurt, skating with cement skates. I don't It's the playoffs, man. Everyone's banged up. Like, you shouldn't be worn down. It's game 13. Like, all right, you're injured, you're injured, but you're playing through it, I get it. But there are no excuses in the playoffs. Plenty of guys have won the cup injured. And maybe it's serious, like a Jeff Carter broken foot or something. I'll, I get it. Like, it's hard, and you want to play through, and then people question you, and then it's like, motherfucker, both of my feet really hurt. I can barely skate, and I'm out here. I understand. It's just like, God damn it, guys. <sighs> Injuries happen. That's sports. Is Raffle hurt? Is Raffle hurt or healthy scratched? Uh, the, uh, the discussion seems to be he's at least banged up, if not actually injured, because he wasn't even out there for warm-ups. Uh, if he was going to be a healthy scratch, he'd, they'd, they think they'd have him out there. Um, it, it seems like he's kind of like Albay Q-Bell, where since there are no medical updates, we don't know. But why would Michael Raffle be out of the lineup two games in a row? Michael Raffle is one of, whatever you think of Michael Raffle, and honestly, like, before this, when they re-signed him a little bit ago, I was like, God damn it, I thought the Michael Raffle era was over. Michael Raffle can play on my fourth line any day. I love him on a fourth line. Love him. When you move him up into the lineup, it just becomes frustrating sometimes. But no matter what you think of Michael Raffle, whether you're higher on him than me or lower on, than him, on him than me, you have to recognize he's one of the team's 12 best forwards. So for him to be out of the lineup, especially after the way they played last game, he has to be hurt. Is this season overall a success or a disappointment? And this is where I will leave you. This will be my final question of the evening. Fuck, that is a hell of a question. Um, It's disappointing right now. It's not over yet. Uh, I don't see it going past Tuesday based on... Flyers just don't look like a very good hockey team right now. Uh, they're getting killed, basically. Is this season a success or a disappointment? TB, uh, TBD. In the short term, it's a disappointment. I don't know how I'm going to feel in a couple of weeks. You know, uh, I know for me personally, my life is better when the Flyers are good, and not just because more people like more, not just because the Flyers win, and that makes me happy personally. The Flyers win, the Flyers are good, more people listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio. More people listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio, Bill gets more opportunities to do other shit he likes to do, like be on WIP, like be on TV. Uh, When that goes away, and far earlier than I wanted it to, I'm disappointed. So, in the short term, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking bummed, man. I'm... I'm not going to, it's going to be a couple, it's going to be a little bit before I sit down on Broad Street Hockey Radio with Kelly and Steph and Charlie, and I can look back with some, with some hindsight and go, yes, what they did this season was an important step forward. Even though I recognize it in my head right now, I can tell you that is true. I'm just not, I'm not feeling that right now. That's, fuck, man. It's just a disappointment right now. That's it. Disappointment. All right, that is all the time we have for you on tonight's post-game Twitch, uh, Broad Street Hockey, post-game Twitch Live, whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't know the name. I'm going to go drink. Uh, drink some little bats. Uh, <laughs> 
Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Just go to Broad Street... or <laughs> Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, just like that, hit subscribe. There's a whole bunch of content delivered to you uh, daily, uh, bi-daily. I don't know. So much stuff. We have... The flagship show, Broad Street Hockey Radio, or BSH Radio. We have Fly Perbly, My Post Games, Kelly's Checking Out the Competition, Flyers Forecast, all sorts of content. I can't even name it all, and probably some off-season stuff uh, coming up for you in the near future. Not that I want to talk about that yet, but just know there will be extra off-season content in some form or another. So search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content delivered to you pretty much daily. Uh, also, if you haven't already... What are you waiting for, man? Go to the Crest Tavern. Tuesday could be your last chance. Night starts for the Flyers. Crest Tavern in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. It has a 20-foot television for outdoor dining, so go check out a game at the Crest Tavern or get a pork sandwich to go. Order carry out. Boom, it's ready for you. Take it home. If you're not ready for the outdoor dining quite yet, you want to still socially distance, do it in the comfort of your own home. Either way. Go to Crest Tavern, Wild Crest, New Jersey, the best bar at the whole Jersey Shore. Tell them Bill Matz sent you. They probably won't know what the fuck you're talking about, but say it anyway. See what they say. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun little game. Tweet at me. Tell me if they were like, who the fuck is Bill Matz? Whatever. Probably shouldn't curse this much in an ad read, but it's not a read. I'm just saying shit. Uh, also, drink Labatt beer. It's excellent. I've been drinking it all playoff, and uh, I'm dealing with the playoffs a lot better than I probably would be if I wasn't. So drink Labatt. Labatt Blue. Labatt Blue Light and Labatt Blue Light Seltzer. I'm not a beer. I'm not a seltzer guy. I'm a beer guy, but I've been drinking the seltzers too, and they're pretty damn good. But Labatt, uh, in all styles, drink it. You'll enjoy it. That's it, guys. Uh, hopefully, when I see you all on Tuesday, it will not be the last time, but it very well could be. So, thank you all so much for hanging with me this season. Thank you for making the switch over to Twitch, and just thanks for being there for me. Because, like I said, I fucking need it. This is therapy for me, as I'm sure it is for many of you. So I appreciate it. Have a great week, everybody. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.